UK-friendly emergency podcast. Reported, Johnny Cueto to the Marlins. We've talked about it a few weeks back, but finally the Marlins get a deal done, it seems, with Johnny Cueto. Not sure on the term, not sure on what happens next, but the phrase I would use is buckle up. It's going to be a fun, fun show. Sean Barrett in the house on today's Locked on Marlins. You are Locked On Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings from England and welcome to Locked On Marlins. This is your daily Marlins podcast. I, of course, I'm your host, Peter Pratt. Hit me up on Twitter at Miami Marlins underscore UK. This, for one time, is a perfect time to be based in the UK as the news drops in UK friendly time while all you East Coasters, while you East Coasters are snoozing, still asleep. I'm out here grinding. This is how early it is in the UK. I've, I've got to have my light on. I'm sat in front of a window. And I've still got to put my backlight on because it's that early. I couldn't even brush my hair. I didn't have time to brush my hair. I had to get on and hit it up. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks for listening and making Locked On Marlins your first listen of the day. This should be your first listen. I uh, hope it is. Uh, delighted to welcome back to the show, Sean Barrett. Sean, the UK GOAT. How are we doing, brother? I'm doing well, Pete. You say it's a perfect time. It could have been a couple of hours later because it is incredibly early for me. Yeah. Um, right now, but um, not often you wake up to breaking Marlin's exciting news, so um, I will certainly take it. Absolutely. You don't have quite the same challenge as I do with the uh, the hair on top of the head in terms of uh, rolling out of bed and like, hey, let's go. Um, but, you know, we're all professionals here. Let's also start there. Before we dig into the, the meat and potatoes of this show and Johnny Cueto and uh, the real effects we'll expect Shout out to you, brother. You dropped some news yesterday uh, that you're officially now in as a writer, as a Marlins writer. So congrats to you. Also, please take a minute or two just to give a big plug in terms of what you're doing, who you're doing it for, and uh, what they can expect from from you uh, moving forwards. Yeah, so I will be joining the great team over at Fansided. I'll be working uh, with Marlins Maniac, um, which I'm sure everyone listening already knows about. Um, mm. You will see be hearing a lot from me in the next couple of days as far as when my article comes out. Um, yeah, it's exciting. Um, so writing is something that I've wanted to do for a long time. And I finally, through you know your help on, the, on here and, and elsewhere, grown the confidence and the ability to, to actually make that decision and finally do it. And uh, so I, I applied and, and I was successful. And yeah, it's, it's ex- certainly exciting times for me. Congrats to you, brother. And um, I, I have to call it out. Listen, Sean Barrett is a journalist, and it's reflected in our attire this morning. I'm out here with a, you know, a crew neck jumper, baseball cap. Sean Barrett, ever the professional, shirt with a collar. Love to see it. No tie. Too early for ties, but nevertheless, love to see it. Um, guys, make sure you follow along with Sean's articles. I've seen the first article. I had a sneak peek, and it is a stunner. Uh, I won't uh, share too much, but looking forward to that one. Right, Sean, we've had the news drop this morning, uh, for us anyway, that Johnny Cueto will be signing with the Marlins. We don't have any any details in terms of length of contract, size of contract, 
anything along those lines. But initial reaction, Johnny Cueto coming to the Marlins. Yeah, I mean, we spoke about it. It was last year, I think. It's <laughs> how long ago it was, and that's how long it's taken. It was last year. <laughs> yeah, for this move to finally occur. And, and when we spoke about it, we, the idea was that we knew that this was going to portend a trade of, of another arm. But mm. I think Cueto, in any instance, right now, is, is good for business for the Marlins. Yeah. There was a market for him out there. I think there were a couple of teams out there looking for him. And there's a market for pitching, obviously, because that's, <laughs> that's where the trade is going to go. But for me, Cueto brings in a, a steady arm. Uh, at the back end of the rotation, it is a case of he's not going to, you know, he's not going to light it up. He's not going to be, you know, the the front line guy, but he's gonna he's gonna fill a slot in the rotation that's more than just eating innings. He's yeah. he's had a good couple of years. Um, he's he, you're not going to get thirty starts out of him, I don't think. But if you can get twenty out of him, similar to what. Um, the White Sox got last year uh, and the year before uh, with the Giants. And even in the 2020 shortened season, he actually had a quote-unquote full season. Yeah. So he's he's been there and he, he's given teams quality major league pitching. And whenever you can sign that on what will probably be quite a friendly deal, a short deal, a one-year deal, below $10 million, you, you can't not do that. That's, that's good business. Yeah, absolutely. The... <clears throat> the the reports we were seeing was uh, the Marlins were in on Cueto, but also maybe the Padres were. A few other teams perhaps were as well. I think I saw the Reds maybe as well for a, a reunion there. Um, so I think for the Marlins to get a deal done, uh, I think is a good sign. Clearly the offseason, it's been a little bit wonky with offensive guys. Um, and I guess this maybe comes back to um, you know, what we talked about, where the Lone Depot for a hitter, is not attractive. Lone Depot for a pitcher is really attractive. And so if it's a toss-up between, you know, let's say the Reds or the Marlins, um, no-brainer. Because actually, you know, if, if you're a hitter, you want to be playing um, in Great, Amor- Great American Ballpark, isn't it, for uh, for the Reds? Um, you know, it's going to pump the numbers up as a pitcher, less so. Uh, so I think it is an attractive proposition for Cueto to come to the Marlins, particularly if it's a one-year deal. Uh, and it should be a one-year deal, right? And 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 to your point as well, like I think if it's an under ten million deal, uh, I think that's going to be absolutely fantastic business. Maybe there's going to be an option in there, maybe a team option. Um, seems to be the kind of flavor that's going on at the moment. These kind of one plus teams, but it's heavily weighted into the one-year deal. I think that's probably the most likely. If it's under ten and one year, Sean, you know, looking at a guy who had you know three and a half WAR last year as well as as a starter and did well. I mean, that's Fantastic business for the Marlins if that is indeed the the contractual approach they take here. Absolutely, and obviously we've got this this young pitching coming through at the higher minors at the moment. So mm-hmm. it is a case of he fills that gap for one year. That's perfect. And yeah, between my, uh, Lone Depot Park and playing in Cincinnati, that is you know you couldn't think of two parks that were that you know different. No, uh, for the Marlins, I hope that. You know, with the market being where it is, I think a one-year deal makes sense. I'd like to see the Marlins maybe go that million more or two million more to get the deal done, rather than stretch to a second year. Um, yeah. If it is a second year, I think you are right. It will be a, t- a team option, a, a team-friendly option that they can just simply pull out of if they need to or want to. Um, even if it's a vesting option, then you put that vesting option high, but you don't see them in many deals 
at the moment. Um, that seems to be an option that just disappears. Um, so yeah, one deal, one year deal, ten million or or under, then then I will be incredibly happy with this deal. Me too. Me too. I think Cueto brings a lot. Not only. Yeah, I mean, irrespective of the landscape, we're going to talk about the landscape and the potential knock-on effects because that is where things start to get interesting, I think. Um, but take that away. Uh, one of the best free agent starters available. Um, and the Marlins have got a deal done, seemingly. So for me, that's that's a positive. And what happens next will be interesting. But for me, Cueto is absolutely the perfect guy because he will. He's a talented dude. And he will sign a short-term deal. He'll be seeking short-term deals. And the Marlins, that fits their profile perfectly. Why? Because Cueto is a bridge. This is a bridge plan to the guys that you were talking about, Sean. This is a bridge to Max Meyer, Jake Eder, Dax Fulton, Uri Perez. You need a bridge to those guys for 2024. Cueto, for me, is the absolute perfect guy to bridge it into those guys. Right. We're going to talk about the knock-on effects, but before we do that, reminder, this episode is brought to you by our good friends over at BetOnline. And BetOnline.net, of course, is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. All the latest odds and trends for every league out there, professional or amateur. It doesn't matter. They've got you covered. I'm sure they've got tons of lines going for the NFL playoffs that are starting this weekend. How about those Dolphins, baby? Squeeze it in. It's going to be intriguing to see how they go. Um, they're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Where are we back to? We're back there. Okay. Right then, Sean. For me, there's four arms that have been talked about. There was an article that came out perhaps yesterday, the day before, losing track of days, but saying that four of these arms are available. And those four arms, it's basically not sandy, but... The ones that follow, Pablo Lopez, Trevor Rogers, Jesus Lozado, and Edward Cabrera. Um, for me, my gut feel on this one is, if they have agreed terms with Johnny Cueto, they likely have a deal in principle to trade one of these four, at least one of the four. There may be multiple guys, who knows, but at least one of the four, I think there'll be a trade that will follow very, very shortly, and likely before that the Cueto deal becomes official-official, if that makes sense. Um, when we look at these four guys, they all have pros and cons, in my opinion. You have Pablo Lopez, who, when we look at the, the pros, last year, absolute stud. Full year, when we look at the cons, uh, ARB2. From a Marlins perspective, that is a con. And also, it was his first full year. So we don't have a, a, a huge track record of Pablo delivering huge amounts of innings. When we look at Jesus Lozado, Pros, pre-op, <laughs> so that's good. Stunning, 2022. Innings were a con, and equally not a huge track record. Edward Cabrera, pre-op. Profile's amazing, Sandy 2.0. Con, injuries, a lot of them. They come frequently in multiple body parts. Big, big concern in my opinion. Trevor Rogers, pros. Rookie of the year, runner-up in 21. 22, not so good. However, on the pro side, pre-arb. <laughs> so they all bring different things. There's a few lefties in there. Um, what do you think? What do you think is going to happen next? Because this is where things start to get to speculation and conjecture. 
uh, and assumptions, and we are assuming that the Marlins will make a deal. Where's your head going here with these four guys? I mean, obviously, the the obvious uh, name is Pablo. It's a case of we've talked about it so much, um, and it's the logical move. And and it's I've struggled to uh, move off of that for a long time. Yeah. And said that. There is something exciting about the Marlins being able to bring in an impact bat and keep that one-two punch of, of, of Alcantara and Lopez. Mm. It's something that really would, you know, give me a shot in the arm as far as being excited for the season. Uh, that's not to say that if they do trade Pablo that I wouldn't be excited, but when you're talking about these, these I don't want to call them lesser players, but... We know what Pablo is. We, we we know what we've got from him. He's a he's a front line pitcher um, who, for the first time, gave us thirty starts last year. Uh, any team that are trading for for Cabrera or Rogers or Lozano, they're bringing in a guy that they are projecting and they are they are hoping develop into something like what Pablo was last year. Um, and with the with the length of, of service time that they've got, they've got that time as well. Mm. Uh, all three of them have displayed ability and talent at the major league level, um, and you you continue to project. That. I think Lazardo probably last year showed um, more for to, for me. I think he could yeah. be a, a big name out there. Rogers has that pedigree and is, is still so young. Um, and has shown in half a season, at least at the beginning, what he could do at the major league level. So, all four are, as you as you put it, at different stages of their careers and have different values, um, yeah. not just for the Marlins, but for for the, the, protect, for the projected teams that they may go to. Um, but for me, it's it's hard to see any team giving away a major league bat at centre field, if that's what the Marlins really are looking for, for anything other than Pablo Lopez. Um, but I guess we'll see. Who do you <clears throat> who do you think, of those four guys, and I know there's different websites out there that can maybe help steer it, but who do you think has the highest trade value? Who is the most sought after of those four? Do you think it is Pablo Lopez, or do you think other guys, other teams are thinking, actually... We prefer Jesus Lozado or Edward Cabrera, for example. Uh, where, do you, where do you sit on that? It depends because obviously the service time is a big factor in that. When, you, when you're bringing in a guy like Lopez yeah. two years, that has a value. Uh, whereas the younger guys, you've got three, four, however many years of, of uh, service time left for them. So it is a case of, I suppose, what the team, it's not so much what these values are. Because um, we've all used these different sites and we find these values and we'd like to put together these trades and it's it's a bit of fun. But for for an actual organisation looking at it, it depends on what you need. If you need two solid years of a frontline pitcher, you want Pablo. If you're developing a, a young team and you're trying to win soon but not now, then the younger guys are going to have more value for you. Yeah. And for the Marlins, again, it is a case of what's more valuable to them. Is it all this time that they've got with these young pitchers, or is it this two-year window that you say we're going to use Pablo? We've got him for this year and next year, um, and we're going to go and try and be competitive. Uh, and if it doesn't work out, they'll probably trade him at the deadline next year. Um, but if you can get a controllable centre field back, then yeah, it is a case of Pablo probably is expendable. 
you've got this pitch in depth. You, you've you've done the hard part. Mm. Uh, now it's it's time to to make some hay and and uh, put a competitive field, a team on the field. Yeah, you, the point you make there, I think, is is the main point around these four starters. They actually all offer different things, and they will suit different teams depending on what they're trying to do in 2023, 24 and beyond. And I think that's the kind of critical point here is this isn't just a, right, that's Pablo Lopez gone, because some teams will look at Pablo and go, right, Arb 2 doesn't fit our window. Um, let's say they're trying to, you know, let's say they're trying to pull a deal with the Pirates um, for Reynolds. I don't think they will be, um, to be honest. But for the Pirates, Pablo Lopez doesn't fit the profile. Edward Cabrera might do, um, or should do, actually. He'd be a perfect fit there. Bit like maybe where the Rockies were were asking about Edward Cabrera. The Rockies aren't quite in contention yet either. And so, you know, each of these guys offers something different. I've always felt that the that there's too many lefties in this organization. So they really need to consider what they're gonna do with the lefty front. But I I could honestly I could honestly see two of these of the four going in the next couple of couple of weeks. Um I did say on Twitter yesterday. The if uh, if the Marlins aren't considering trading Pablo Lopez, uh, sorry, trading aren't considering extending Pablo Lopez, and this is a point you've made for some time as well, he should be traded in 2023. That could either be now, it could be at the deadline, it could even be after the season. But in 2023, if the Marlins aren't going to extend Pablo, then he should be traded in this calendar year. Will that be now? We'll wait and see. For Trevor Rogers, bounce back candidate, perhaps. There was, by all accounts, a lot of interest at him at the deadline as well. So we know there's a market there. Edward Cabrera, there's a buzz around. There's a buzz for all of these guys. And so the Marlins can go in so many different directions. And this is where our next conversation is going to be, is what do we think is going to happen? Because we've heard the Angels sniffing around. We've heard the Rockies. We've heard um, the Padres. The Red Sox, a lot of heat on the Red Sox and, and Marlins hookup. I'm very intrigued to see where they go. But before we do that, guys, I want to remind you about our good friends over at Built Bar. Yes, sir, it is Built Bar time. It is the new year. And that means you're looking for delicious treats, but without the fat and the calories. You've got to try those Bilts. We just got through the holidays, and my goal, and I know yours probably is too, to eat a little bit healthier this year and probably drink less. <laughs> if you're like me, you want to get, you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise taste, then I've got it for you. It's the Built Bars, baby. Healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, so delicious, you think they're good for you, but you won't think they're good for you. So try and say that. Let me say, let me try and say it again. They're so delicious, you won't think they're good for you. That's what I meant to say. Perfect for your New Year's resolutions. Uh, what makes Built so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, 100% real chocolate. Come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and coconut almonds. Um, where can you get them? Here's the question. And you don't have to wait around to get a box, but for years we've been talking about get the builds from Built.com. No, well, still yes, but you can also get them from your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section. Grab yourself a box of Built Bars, four bar box, cookies and cream, double chocolate or coconut puffs. Or if you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13 bar box with all the hit flavors, including brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later, guys. All right. Just about got through that one. <laughs> um, okay. 
get your GM hat on then, Sean Barrett. Um, what's what do you think is a likely outcome here? Where, if you are hedging your bets, do you do you see one of these of these Marlins current starters landing, and what kind of position or player can you see coming back? So I think position wise, you're definitely talking about an outfielder at this point. I think it's just a foregone conclusion there. Um, there are so many ways to go, isn't there? I mean, th- there's been discussions with, as you said, Rogers from Colorado in, in an Edward trade. Um, and I think that, to me, is is interesting. You know, it is a case of he's he's a young you know, player. He's got positional value. He's the second baseman, but could play the outfield. Um, I think Reynolds still, for me, it's just that it's just that niggling little feeling in the back of your head. It just yeah. it makes far too much sense, um, yeah. but for the Marlins not to go out there and get it done. Uh, and of uh, what move it would be? What how exciting would that be that this player that we have been considering and thinking about and hoping about for for two years, uh, Kim finally gets it done. It would be be a fantastic move. And and until a move is made, I I can't I can't move off of that. That's that's where my my head is. That's where my heart is. Uh, that's the move I want to see. Yeah, the Brian Reynolds one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's been. I mean, knocking around since what twenty twenty one deadline. I think is perhaps where where we started to kind of think about Brian Reynolds. Obviously, I think they went to get. They started conversations about Reynolds and Stallings in, at the twenty twenty one deadline. Couldn't get it done. Got Stallings done in the off season, but they've been on Reynolds for for a long, long time, um, and the service time just continues to accrue and the control reduce. Not convinced. I'm not sure what the Pirates are trying to do. I did hear a report from, um, well, I'd say more of a source of a source is how I would describe it, to say that uh, the Pirates and Reynolds, or the, the view is that Reynolds actually is still happy in Pittsburgh, but was just not happy with the way they approached the extension. And so I think maybe there still is a chance that Reynolds is extended by the Pirates, but they just need to be a bit maybe realistic with their dollar amounts. Uh, I think that was maybe where this animosity has come, where they engaged in good faith in, in in extension conversations, and then there was a low ball offer and too low ball of an offer, which made him say, I'm out of here, and I, I don't think we're on the same page. We'll wait and see on that one. I, I'm with you, though, Sean, on, on that. It is, it's been niggling. Where my head's going uh, on this is this, this Red Sox hookup, I think it, it makes a ton of sense. The question is, is what players come back? And the more I've thought about it, I, I think the, the Marlins seemingly are really in. And, and the, the reason being is, I think they're really in on, on this Tristan Casas, um, first baseman. The reason being, it fits the profile in terms of the the service time remaining and you know i think they are seeking those kind of guys those kind of bats they fit the profile nicely um so i think they're really interested there the red sox um red sox twitter is saying no there's no chance in hell he's being traded they obviously like the player they like the profile you know the fans anyway but let's be totally honest for a team like the red sox first base they can solve that riddle that puzzle in many many different ways Many different ways. They're willing to spend money to acquire players there. 
The Marlins simply are being outbid <laughs> very regularly, and players don't really want to come. And I think the Red Sox could solve that riddle in a different way. And so I could certainly see a Miguel Rojas, Pablo Lopez for Casas and Rafaela kind of deal coming in. I think that could be interesting. In the meantime, I still think the Marlins could and should engage with the A's on Laureano. And almost what you end up with is a, a Laureano for a couple of years. Rafaela continues to develop at center field. Don't have to rush him. And that becomes the plan. You have Johnny Cueto in as the bridge plan to the guys I mentioned, Dax, Uri, Max Meyer coming back. Sixto, we have to, we have to say Sixto as well. Don't know where he's at. Um, but they've got a whole ton of guys. Cueto is the bridge. Maybe Laureano is the bridge to Rafaela. Casas comes in, uh, plays first base, uh, along with Coop. They, they keep both guys for this year. And then Coop's a free agent. And then you've got your first baseman for the future. That's just where my head's going. It will be probably wildly off. But that's the kind of smoke that we're hearing, right? It's, it is a lot of smoke around the Red Sox. Um, but there's other teams out there. The Angels are sniffing around. The Guardians are sniffing around. I, I've, I've had tons of Guardians people messaging me. Pete, what's happening with the Marlins? Who are they? What are they looking to do? Because the Guardians are saying, we need some pitching. Other teams are saying, we need some pitching. What do the Marlins need? Try and get a deal done. Actually, the Marlins need tons. <laughs> so, But the, the, the pieces you mentioned, though, Sean, center field. You know, we do have to consider shortstop as well in some ways because, you know, Miggy Rowe, whatever happens this year, you know, there's, there's going to be a gap to fill there. Maybe Jazz does slide over to shortstop. I don't know. Where do you see, where's your head at on that one? Or is maybe Segura the, the shortstop for now? I'm a little bit unclear. I know we haven't spoken directly about it since Segura signed. So how do you think they address this shortstop spot? I, I still may be the last man on the Miggy Rojas should be the shortstop for the Marlins. I think yeah. defensive uh, capabilities there absolutely have a value. The Thank way you. pitching is set up with Sandy, Granville pitcher, you need that. You can't have players kicking around the ball in the infield. Um, and with with him, you've you've got a steady ship there. I think the, the way you've just worded it is perfect in the sense of when all the free agent starting pitching will start to go off the board and this team was filling that hole and this team was filling that hole. We were concerned, weren't we? Like, is there going to be a market left for the pitching that we've got to get these deals done? Mm. And now we're here and there are still three, four teams on the phone trying to get, trying to get, desperately trying to get pitching from the Marlins. Mm. And harking back to what you said to earlier, the idea that a major league team have too many left-handed starting pitchers. I mean, Oh, what a terrible situation to put yourself in. Hey? There you go. The, the, the team, as it stands, it must be exciting for Kim right now to, to know that she's got all these options and she can start to sort of pick her price, start to pick the players that she wants. And, and if, if the Marlins can do anything like what you've just projected, um, that sounds like a competent baseball team, doesn't it? Having plans for the future. We've got this player, we've got this major league player here. Once he goes, we've got this young guy coming in to fill that gap. That would be something that I don't think I've ever seen the Marlins have. It's always been build up, build up, build up, try and win, break it all down. 
And and when when the new ownership came in, they talked about having a continual competitive window, trying not to go build up, break down, build up, break down. And mm. I know we've had our doubts, and, and on Twitter sometimes we can talk some some rubbish about the way that the team is being run. But <laughs> as it stands this morning, I am the most optimistic I am about this team that I have been for well this entire year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's not hard, but I know what you mean for you know probably including 2022 in that um in that in that sentence. But Sean, I think you make a great point there though, actually. You know, this this is Kim's time. We've we as 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 a fan base have found it hard to be patient, but we've shown patience to to varying degrees. But this is our time. This is when the patients come home to roost. Where all of a sudden, you have four arms available. There's really no free agents available, and no one else is selling pitching. This is now the time where you make these deals. And it could be multiple deals. Like, if they're saying four guys are available, there's no, and, and there's clearly multiple needs on the offensive side. So we'll wait and see what happens. But this is Kim's moment. This month, January 2023 is Kim's moment to put her stamp on this organization. And if if we can make the right moves, then I think uh, it will set us up both for this season and for future years. If we make some wrong moves, then boy, oh boy, it will set us back. But they, they have the arms. We have the market. It's time to make these deals. And I think the fans should be excited. I think I'm excited. You're excited. Because this is what we're waiting for. We've been asking for activity. We now have Cueto. We know what that means. The domino gifts are flying out everywhere. We know what this means, that there's going to be action. There has to be action. The 40-man's full. 40-man's full. You know, we've all had that drama last week about Charles LeBlanc. I think his uh, his DFA period actually will be up in the next day or two. So interested to see what happens with LeBlanc. But aside from that, you know... There has to be moves coming. Kuwaito signals there will be. And I'm excited to see what they can do. I am excited to see what Kim can do. And I think that's going to be all of the talk, all of the rumor, all the speculation for the next couple of days until something is, is out there. As we finish up on a 30-minute episode early in the morning on a Tuesday, 10th of Jan, reporting here that the the Kuwaito the, the the is coming to the Marlins. We don't know the length. We don't know the dollars. But we are certain that it is a good deal for the Marlins in terms of they have a good player and they have a really nice bridge to their next cluster of arms that is coming through. There's going to be a move, and we're excited to see what it is. It's clear that one of the four arms, I think, will be traded in the coming days, and it's just about where and how and what what players come back in return. Um, That's going to wrap us up for Locked On Marlins on a Tuesday, Tuesday morning. Hope you've enjoyed the episode, guys, and thanks for making Locked On Marlins your first listen of the day. Uh, I thank Sean Barrett as well. I have uh, dug him up out of bed and said, Sean, you have to come on. I need a journalist. I need a, re- a reputable journalist on this episode with me. Um, but that is uh, Peter Pratt, Sean Barrett, signing out Locked on Marlins on Tuesday. And listen, guys, when there is news, there is Locked on Marlins. You know it. So if there's, if there's more news that drops later, there will be a double episode. We'll wait and see. In the meantime, enjoy that. Enjoy your day.